Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email piercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, Metalheads, after going to a Rager, what's your ultimate go-to? Mine is totally pizza. So when Overload is playing or I'm promoting the Metal Forge Live showcases or the big goddamn metal show, I go to Pizza Donisi. Pizza Donisi is gourmet artisan pizza from right here in Louisville, Kentucky. It features things like the pizza of the month, the sandwiches, and also vegetarian and vegan options, which is so totally fucking cool for all, all of it's It's awesome pizza. You definitely want to go. Hey, and also, from time to time, they do cannolis. Oh, so fucking good. You know what they said, man. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Yeah, just like that in Godfather. They're located right next to the Mag Bar at 1396 South 2nd Street. So either stop in or call in at 502-213-0488. They're open till midnight. The witching hour. Heineken? Fuck that shit! Pabst Blue Ribbon! Hey, metalheads, you all hear me talk about Magbar all the time. It is the home to the Metal Forge Live showcases and is an integral stop in the ultimate underground metal tour schedule. They obviously feature live music, but the Magbar also has daily specials like Pint and Slice Night on Tuesdays with Pizza Donisi. But they also do Bring Your Own Vinyl on Thursdays with DJ Kent Jackson. And Finer Things Sundays. Located right next to Pizza Donisi at 1398 South 2nd Street. Open 3 p.m. to 4 a.m. seven days a week. Get your asses out to the Mag Bar. Rock out. For 45 years in keeping Louisville weird, Electric Ladyland has been there for all your eccentricities. While they do offer the best smoking supplies out on the market today, there's a whole lot more to check out. From ashtrays and blacklight posters, to records, incense and burners, and items to stock your metaphysical supply. They're open from 10 to 10, 7 days a week. Located at 2325 Bardstown Road in Louisville, Kentucky, and at electricladyland420.com. Roll out. 
Metalheads, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the Metal Forge. My name is Mark Jackson, and I am your host. And as you can tell by the sound of my voice, you can tell what time of year it is because I am a little hoarse. I'm a little under the weather. Uh, did a weekend excursion. Uh, more on that in a minute. But before we get to it, this week's episode is number two hundred and fifty. Yeah. And what better way to have uh, episode 250 than to have an awesome guest, super cool friend of the Metal Forge, Mr. Rob Dietrich from Blackened American Whiskey here in the Metal Forge. And we're going to check in with him in, in just a minute. But as I said a minute ago, as you heard, yeah, did a little bit of a weekend excursion here with Overload, my band, over this past weekend. And it was down to Steel and Stone Fest in Asheville, North Carolina, with All Hell, Temptations, Wings, Overload, Oblivion Throne, and Twisted Tower Dire. Children of the Reptile was supposed to play. Unfortunately, they had some uh, car trouble, which sucked because I was really looking forward to seeing them. Ozzy, however, did come out to the show. It was so cool to meet him in person. Shoutouts to him. And uh, I know Jason had said something about if he does do next year, I think he's I think he's on it. But uh, they will play at the next Steel and Stone Fest for damn sure. And I have them coming here in Louisville here in a few as well. So fuck yeah, uh, crazy fucking awesome night. Steel and Stone Seven uh, was this past Friday, the tenth, as you heard. Oblivion Thrones episode last week. Uh, they played the show. Super fucking rad bands all the way around. All Hell, Oblivion Throne, Temptations Wings. You know those guys. They they kick ass anyways. Uh, Twisted Tower Dire. Oh my fucking God. Like, I can't even explain. It was so fucking insanely good. Like, the entire night was the fucking best. Like, for real. And then, you know, on our way down... Uh, uh, Wee's Overload, you know, we did stop at the Bucky's in Richmond, Kentucky, we were gonna stop at the one in Sevierville, uh, but, no, that, that's such a tourist trap there, I'm sorry, nope, not gonna stop at that one, so anyway, yeah, the, that went on, great, uh, super fucking awesome turnout, uh, wow, everybody played fucking amazing, everybody brought their A-game, uh, so much, then we had a show back in Louisville the next night at Magbar with Belushi Speedball for Thrash Giving. And that was also with Busby Death Chair, uh, Arcanon, and the other band was Sanity Syndrome. 
and it was super fucking rad. Packed, sold out before the doors even opened. I was, you know, I wasn't shocked because I know Belushi, uh, Vinny, you know, friend of the Metal Forge here. I know they always put on a really good fucking show, right? But yeah, super fucking awesome stuff with that. Uh, I'll be posting a video of our, uh, of Overload set that night, and it was absolutely insane. Shout out to all the new Overload family that, that we made that night, and everybody else that came out. Uh, I did actually get to do a little bit of an interview that night, and I was, I was pretty excited about that. Because, you know, seeing a group of young filmmakers at a metal show, you know, when when all ages shows happen and you get to play for the, the kids and, and, and stuff that, you know, is making metal possible today, you know, the ones that are the fan bases and shit that you're... That, you know that you want. You know you want the you want these kids to come out to the shows because it's fucking fun and it's what you did, right? So when your home bar gets transformed into an all ages club for the night, and you get to see all of these crazy, crazy fucking kids come out and just let loose, it is extremely fun and it is nice to watch because that's what they do. They they just let loose like we did when we were kids, right? So. Speaking of letting loose, I'm going to play a song now that, you know, is just because. It doesn't have anything to do with this week's episode, but because Rob Dietrich is not a musical guest and he will be getting to pick the last song of the show today, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to play some, uh, hmm, who do I want to play? Who do y'all want to hear? Are You Out There from Night Demon sounds pretty fucking good. Sponsors and friends of the show, Night Demon, you know where to listen to the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast at. So let's listen to Are You Out There by Night Demon. Yeah.
right, metalheads, this is another reforged episode. These, you know, I love doing them because we get awesome guests to come back. And this time we have the master distiller from Blackened American Whiskey, Mr. Rob Dietrich, sitting here with us. Rob, how are you doing, man? Good, Mark, man. It's good to see you again. Yeah, you as well. Uh, it's been a couple of years now. We uh, we met back in 2021 at Louder Than Life and yeah. kind of just had been following around and, and watching each other's stuff on the Instagrams and the and the stuff like that. So how has how's the last two years been, first thing? It's been, uh, I mean, it's been a wild ride. I think all of us have, uh, you know, emerging from the, the COVID, uh, the, the, the realms of COVID and uh, uh, getting back out there, you know, getting to tour with the band has been incredible. This this last year, I've been on every every single show of the um, the uh, the North American tour with Metallica, you know, all the way up to Montreal, from New Jersey to Montreal, out to L.A. Uh, and it's been, it's, it's been a fucking blast. <laughs> I bet. I bet, dude. And I mean... You, I guess since by where the time we're recording this is the day before power trip. Oh yeah. So yes. are you going to be out, out there for that too? I will indeed. I leave tomorrow morning, man. I'm going to be uh, at power trip. I've got a master distiller experience every single day from four to five at the, um, Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll think of the, the, uh, the whiskey tent. It was a good play on words, but it, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm seeing some bands I've never got a chance to see. You know, I grew up in rural Colorado, and you know, in the, in the '80s, and, right. and, and I was a, I was a you know I was metalhead then, and all the tapes I could get my hands on were from you know people who've got who smuggled them in from from Denver or LA or or New York. Or, you know, they're coming back with a a dub of a dub of a dub of a mixtape with you know like who the hell is this? You know, <laughs> I've never heard of who's Wasp. And, oh yeah, you know, like what, you know, like what is what is this? Who is this rat? And uh, you know, it's just it was just fun to be able to discover that stuff. But I never got to see a lot of those bands. Um, like this will be my first time seeing ACDC live. Wow, you know, so you know, for me that's what excited. Same, same. Uh, never got to see Iron Maiden either. Really, so, you know, both those are both those are gonna be treats for me. I've I've seen you know, I've seen Judas Priest, I've seen Guns N' Roses, I've seen Metallica, of course, I've seen Tool. Uh, saw Tool on the side stage at Lollapalooza in 1994 in <laughs> Toronto. And I, I, I didn't even know who they were. I was just walking by and I was like, who the hell is that? And oh yeah. Like, because that was even before Enema came out. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they were, yeah. Maynard had his back to the audience. Wouldn't, wouldn't turn around the whole time. And I was just like, who are these guys? This is, this is I've, I've never heard anything like this. It was cool. And, and now he just does crazy weird shit on stage. <laughs> <laughs> right. weird outfits uh so i see you pouring there what are what are yes. we pouring today oh yeah i got i got ride the lightning man i had to uh, yes yes absolutely uh you and me both um i and i, I want to thank this, you all uh, for sending uh, this out last pour, oh pouring a proper skull glass here dude <laughs> you know my uh my uh, ashtray in here with my clip has a nice skull in oh, it. Oh, yeah. Nice. So, and at, be- at the beginning of the Flame Keeper videos, they see that ashtray in it. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've seen it on there. Yep, and it's just fun stuff. So, well, cheers to you, sir. We'll go ahead and get cheers one out of the way right now. 
Can't really talk about whiskey unless you got a little whiskey in you, right? That's very true. That's very true. You know, I consciously have been holding the glass off to the side because I don't want to rep another company's name while we're on the show here. Uh, but it starts. It's not a bourbon or a whiskey glass, uh, rocks glass. It is a uh, it is a coffee liqueur glass. <laughs> it all works, That's right? Awesome. I, I do that a lot myself. I have a lot of branded glasses over here, and I, I have to remember to turn so, the, the logo. <laughs> absolutely. It's like I, I just was thinking about that before we jumped on. I was like, man, I don't want to – I don't want to get like a Seagram glass or anything. It's like shit, man. <laughs> uh, and I even do that for the uh, the Coke bottles now too, or yeah. cola. <laughs> yeah, cola, exactly. Yeah. So you've been on the road. You've been you've been doing the thing and all the stuff. Yeah, man. It's been a lot of fun. You know, at um, at, at every show we are we have a master distiller experience backstage. Is a lot of it's for contest winners. Uh, radio contest winners. We work with uh, with the local radio stations. Um, they, they'll they'll bring them into the show. Get to do a, a uh, go walk through a tasting with uh, with myself uh, with blackened whiskey. Explain how we how we make the whiskey using the sonic enhancement. You know the the kick ass black noise method that we use and yeah and, uh, and the blending that that this is what I do here in my little lab in in uh, Colorado and and uh, it's um it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. I've got to see. A lot of times I'm doing this during the openers, but I've gotten to catch a couple of the opening acts, which, you know, Pantera has been opening up for them on Friday night. Um, and, and Friday, you know, I, I, I saw Pantera back in 90, also 94. Uh, and it, it's just, uh, it's just cool to, to be able to see these bands uh, still, you know, just kicking ass. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm very much at like a weird point in my life. Cause it's like, I, I've been doing this thing where I don't like to mention certain bands on the show because I try to I'm trying to promote more of a the underground scene that's out there oh, today. Sure. And um but you know, we all still have the love for the bands like Metallica and KISS and A C D C or as the, the the today lingo calls Akadaka. Uh <laughs> and yeah, yeah. it's I, I dig a lot of that, and I don't know. I don't know where I, exactly I was going with that. It's been a, it, well, it's I been it. like yes. a weird retrospective thing of like just sitting there going through and seeing all the bands that you know when we both grew up with, you know, and it's just a music and now you know mixing in the hand in hand with the with the whiskey business. They've all kind of been you know combined sure. with one another yeah definitely i mean there's a lot of uh i mean there's a lot of great bands that are coming out i you know i i like my my tried and true as well i you know like i i listen to kind of everything really you know right and uh you know not not just metal but i i feel like there's it's interesting i've sat down with conversations i've had conversations with Hetfield where he you know he he listens to a lot of the, where he gets his his um inspiration from is, is, is kind of some surprising places uh you know some of the some of the people that he mentions you're like wow i, I wouldn't even guess that you would have listened to that person oh yeah um, yeah but they but i think there's just a lot of you know it's it's a lot of respect for just musicians in general for sure and i think you you really got to see a lot of that during like the load and reload era that a lot of that stuff really right. like especially with things with like uh what mama said 
and low man's lyric and things like that where you know you could really see the the other influences coming out like especially like with mama said where it's almost like a outlaw country tune right, right. which i it's, love it's by the like, way uh, like when mike ness uh, left uh, social distortion for a little bit and then kind of went off on his own doing like kind of a country thing yes uh you know that was the uh, when I say first real concert, uh, air quotes there for the for the actual audio listeners, the first real concert I ever went to was Social D when oh, I was no like kidding. 13 years old. <laughs> wow. And it was at a little ass place here in Louisville, Kentucky called the Brewery Thunderdome. And you walked in and it was total like 80s. Like you walk in on the upper level of the bar and in the pit recesses right. in there, it's like a dugout. And it was so cool. <laughs> I, I I was very fortunate uh, during the late '90s. I I had a I was a lighting director at at a it was a it was about an eighteen hundred no yeah it was probably about 15, a fifteen hundred uh, uh, person venue, uh, the Ogden Theater in Denver, and I I did lights there during during that portion all the way up you know like late late '90s into the early two thousands. A lot of great bands were coming through there. Social Social D was there twice a you know twice a year. Uh, Reverend Horton Heat would come through twice a year. Uh, Motorhead would come through. Um, you know, like all these all these different bands that that were were fifteen hundred people kind of touring bands at the time. And you know, they're starting up or or that was their comfort level. This is what I want to play. Right. You know, I don't want to play stadium or we aren't stadium level or whatever it was. But I got to see a lot of a lot of people in a, like a pretty intimate you know situation. I always did lights for their opener. You know, because they usually have their own lighting guy right. with them, uh, and sometimes they're, they're like, "Yeah, we don't have a lighting guy tonight. We didn't, you know, they, they quit or whatever." And so I do lights for, you know, you know, government mule or whatever. You, know, whoever's, whoever's you better make sure you make Warren Haynes look fucking amazing while he's up there, right? Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, uh, George Clinton and P Funk All Stars would come through twice a year, and we just first thing you do is they they would they come in and they're like everybody just sit down, chill out. And the guy would start rolling a blunt, and he's like, all right, where's my sound guy? All right, who's my front of house guy? Who's my monitor guy? All right, where's my lighting guy? Who's my rigger? All right. All right, you, okay, over there. And then we'd pass this thing around, and we'd smoke it, and he'd be like, okay, all right, let's unload this truck and, and start the day. And I was like, I like it when they, these guys come into town. Right, and, you know, uh, Clinton is, uh, George Clinton, that is, you know, right. is an absolute national treasure, I think. Oh, without a doubt. Because he just seems so chill and so like, hey, man, you know, like down to earth kind of shit. And and that's awesome. He, he You know, the um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, when they got discovered, uh, they they're like, OK, the record label's like, you can have anybody you want to produce your, your your next album. And who do you want it to be? And they're like, we want it. George Clinton. So they George Clinton produced, I think, the first or the next three albums for um for the red hot chili Peppers, wow which is why they had all that funk kind of sound in their in their early albums right like uh, uh, blood sugar sex magic and stuff like that yeah that's yeah, interesting like see i didn't know that i'm not a big i mean i i can respect what they do uh and you know for me growing up in the time you know i was like yeah, I don't want to like date anybody here. Uh, <laughs> sorry, but you know when that album came out, I was like eleven years old or ten years old or yeah. something, and I can remember it from then because I saw like the Weird Al parody of it first. 
Sure, yeah. Well, that's and, what it was about. It was a total parody. Oh, yeah. And okay. then I went back and saw theirs, and I was like, whoa, this is like complete. What is this? Because, you know, I was used to, at that time, you know, when you're 8, 9, 10, you, you're still listening to your parents' music type stuff, like, you know, yeah, yeah. the Eagles and shit and Hank Williams. Yeah, that's true. And... Which and there's totally nothing wrong with either of those bands, you know, Eagles or Hank Williams or anything like that. But, yep. you know, when you hear something that's so out of left field, like a Metallica, a Chili Peppers, and then you see a band like Kiss and you're just like, what is who are these fucking people? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and everybody has their thing. And I completely dig it. Yeah, me too. I think I think it's fun just to dig around with all that. I mean, I think it's for me, it's different eras. You know, I was in the punk scene. I did metal, then it was in punk, and then you know, always kept metal. Um, and then uh, you know, it's just it's just fun to kind of see where it's where it's evolved. Absolutely. So one of the things we didn't talk about the last time, and you kind of alluded to it just here a minute ago, where you were working at the theater in Denver. Is you've you're a bit of a road warrior yourself, you know you you've been in the you've been out you know it's kind of like ZZ Top's just got paid when when you uh, hit the ground you were on the run kind of thing it seems like without a doubt man <laughs> and you've actually had worked with Metallica before is that correct yeah yeah as a, I I was uh, I was working for Bill Graham Presents in San Francisco uh, this was summer of 96 i i um randomly i it just out of, out of out of situational um i i ended up meeting the, the wife of the guy who was managing bill bill graham presents at the time and i ended up rigging for the tibetan freedom concert that the beastie boys were putting on mm-hmm. and i was and i was like you know they're like oh you you have your own climbing gear you can climb okay you're a rigger and i was like okay what's a rigger like you know, like they're like so, you know, like climb the steel and and build the building, you know, build the set. And I was like, oh fuck, I can get paid to to climb. Damn, hell yeah, and listen to music. And <laughs> like yeah, I'm doing this. And so, um, that whole summer was just epic. I was living, well, at the, at, when I first got there, I was just living out of uh, there was just three of us living out of the Subaru with mountain bikes. We were living in the bushes behind uh, stage <laughs> most places, and then and then uh, I uh, worked Lollapalooza that summer and that was the year the band had cut their hair <laughs> and and i and i and i mentioned that when i when i interviewed for the for the job I, I interviewed with the band individually and i and i mentioned that to hetfield that i had you know i said you know i worked as a stagehand for uh you know i was one of your 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 stage crew for your show when you guys were headlining Lollapalooza. as i was here you guys cut your hair and he goes oh everybody fucking hated us for that <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, but it's it's just funny to, to to see like that striation. But yeah, it was for me. It was you know I loved Metallica. So to get it, you know, getting to be on stage, you know, I, I was on the side stage. I was there, you know, you know, just for the day. You're the crew that pushes their boxes on and off. Like you're not technically working with them. You're just pushing their stuff on, right. their personal gear on and off. Which for me was a huge honor. That was the first time I ever got to kind of get get that close. And uh, I even remember uh, after we were pushing all their boxes off, I saw. Uh, a bass string, you know, um, uh, Jason Newstead had, had, had broke a string or a, they restrung his, his bass right there. And it was, it was lying on the, on the, on the stage. And I swooped up the, you know, the, the bass string and I gave it to my sister for Christmas at, with a, with a guitar pick on it, uh, as, as a necklace. And it was, uh, it was, it was, um, 
It's, it's pretty cool because she's a big Metallica fan as well. So that's you know, awesome, so, dude. Yeah, see, that's that's fun. that kicks ass, dude. Hell yeah! And you know, shout out to that really fast because uh, I do want to point that out because that's cool that you brought it up because I know at a time they might still be on there, but they were selling guitar string bracelets on the website for the All Within My Hands oh. Foundation. Oh yeah, they were. I forgot about that. I don't that's know if true. they still are, but you can always go look. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, I don't think they had the that that charity back in '96. Oh no, was, no, uh, not at all. No, but yeah. that wasn't until way later, until almost a, about a decade ago, I think they started that. Yeah, and yeah, that was. But that's yeah. a cool thing to to you know to be able to have is just like stage use string, you know. Oh yeah, man. I was I, I was like the the king of like whatever little scrap on the stage that I could find. I, cause I, you know, I collect, I just collect that stuff. And I, um, so I was collecting guitar picks. I have, I have Metallica guitar picks from that 96, uh, 1996 show. That was just like swoink, you know, face, you know, I had the bass picks. I had, I had, um, had their guitar picks from then. And, and, uh, um, you know, I've got, I've got anything from like, uh, Prince, you know, formerly known as it was like, Oh, well, the, it's just the symbol. symbol on there. Yeah. And like Willie Nelson and, and, you know, like, uh, and then, like you know, Godsmack, you know, like I, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, Rob Zombie. <laughs> I, the Willie Nelson thing is funny to me because he uses a pick like so rarely, but he still has, you know, his picks right. And it's so right. cool to me because he's just like, it's almost like he plays it for like a minuscule second in a song, and he's just like boop, and and just kind of like throws them out. Yeah, and but it's. To know that he is such a good like finger player that he does that is kind of funny. Well, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's it is uh, it is kind of fun, but it's um, I know there's those little things like that. You know, I grab, I pull up, you know, there'd be like a a piece of um, of gaff tape on, you know, like marking a, a, a mic stance, you know, like Metallica vocals, you know, you know, Vox, yeah, like VOS, you know, like I'm like, you know, like you stick that on something. So I, I collected that stuff for years as a stagehand, just because you know I drumsticks and. Well, yeah, because it's a memory of the show and whether or not, whether or not you, you were touring, like, especially back in the day where, you know, they did like a 300 date black album tour. And I mean, those days are, you know, gone, but you know, yeah, even if it was in, I don't care if it's, uh, San Juan or Mexico city, it's still a different vibe. It's a different thing. It's a different night of the week and it's whatever little thing can happen to just say, Hey, that was really funny. And this reminds me of this funny moment. F- fuck. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> well, and it's, and it's true. I mean, it was, uh, that was a strange show too. That, that 96 lineup was really interesting because it was Metallica was the headliner. Um, the, there was uh, Devo and uh, Soundgarden. Um, I'm a huge Soundgarden fan. Like I mean, I got to you know talk briefly with with Chris Cornell backstage, and I was like, it's Chris fucking Cornell. You know, it was just it was fun. I was definitely geeking out. Uh, oh, and uh, like Green Day, and you know, so, so it was a weird lineup um, with with all those. And Devo, that was the first time I'd ever seen Devo, and it's just what a fun show. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. and and that's one of the things. Yeah, like, I saw Little Richard like that one time, and. It was insane because it was a South by Southwest. Dude played for like two and a half hours, but it was so fun. It was like all that 50s music, and you're just sitting there, and you're into it, and right. not a care in the world kind of thing. 
Yeah. Well, and you know, I mean, you know the songs too. Oh so yeah, absolutely. So do you still collect while you're out at doing, doing shows today? Oh yeah. I mean, I, you know, what's great about the Metallica shows is every city, they have a different guitar pick with the city and the date on it Oh right. that they're throwing out there. So I try and collect every one of those. I've got a little art project I'm doing with, uh, with all the guitar picks that not only have I collected from the, from, you know, the bands and from those shows, but also, uh, you know, Metallica has Metallica chapters all over the world. Right. And, and we have a lot of guitar picks. People, you know, I, I'll do a, a guitar pick exchange with them. You know, like, you know, like I've got, I've got my own personal guitar picks, the, the whiskey Rob guitar picks. So like, you know, I'm like, hey, here's my guitar pick and they, they'll give oh. me there. So it's, it's a lot of fun. I don't even have a whiskey Rob pick. I've got the blackened <laughs> pick from the, uh, uh, whiskey remastered deal. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I do have, have some own. of these nice decals. Oh, the stickers, right? Yeah, I do have some of these that I've been giving away from the Metal Forge. So heck yeah, right. dude! I love those decals. And actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This is for the visual audience here. My uh, mic has a nice oh, blackened nice. pin stuck into the uh, into the windscreen on it. Because yeah, man. we represent here, you know, and and <laughs> hey. It's it's great whiskey, and you know just even with the black noise, and even the blends that you've been doing because you've not only have you done um, the first one, which was with um, oh my god, why am I drawing? Oh, the Masters of Whiskey series. Yes, uh, the, the Masters of Whiskey series. Why am I drawing a blank on that? Uh, you've done one with Wes Henderson. You've done one with Rabbit Hole, which is the most recent. Correct. Yeah, Rabbit Hole. We just launched that one. The very first one was Willet. Willet, yes. Uh, with with Drew Colesveen. Second one I did was with Wes Henderson of Angels Envy. Um, I mean, I just love working with those guys. They're just so much fun. They know what they're doing. I, you know, we come from different backgrounds of making whiskey, but when we when we dive into it, it's. I mean, it, we just have a blast with it. Where we find that you know we we find our our path um, through our, our different methods and and create something artistic and 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 incredible you know and that's so we got to do that and then rabbit hole was the last one which was just um truly uh, a lot of fun to work with cave uh who's who's just a a visionary with with his distillery and uh, i think you know i'm already working on 2024 that one's you know that's that's in the in the works and- hell yeah it's you know the whiskey thing like i said you know because i'm from the louisville area and sure. obviously kentucky is very opinionated when it comes to you know, bourbon versus whiskey versus anything else. And it is a science and there are different things out there. You know, you've got a mash, you've got, you know, is it corn, so on and so forth. So I know you're from Colorado or you live in Colorado, but with it, with it being a, you know, with such the big whiskey thing through this, through the Midwest here, uh, was it just because you, you just like Colorado? Is there a big whiskey presence out there too? Well, I'm I'm from Colorado. This is this is home for me. So I I, I ended up uh, starting in 2006 with uh, Stranahan's Colorado whiskey, making single malt whiskey. So we weren't even making bourbon. We weren't making uh, rye. We weren't making anything that was traditionally American. We were we were kind of throwing, kind of flipping it up on its head, which I which I love. The guy I learned how to make whiskey from is uh, you know he's an outlaw through and through, and you know he he uh, he was he was distilling up in the mountains uh just outside of uh, Va- uh not Vail, but uh woody creek colorado and he used to have hunter s thompson come over and sit there and drink moonshine with him while he was distilling 
Um, you know, he lived a mile away from, from, from Thompson. And I, you know, just that kind of history to me is like, I, I, you know, I know, and there's a Thompson connection to, to Louisville, of course, but, you know, like I love, um, I love that Colorado history. And, and so I was, I was there at Stranahan's for 12 years. And then of course, you know, when I, when I took up the mantle at, at Blackened, it was, um, you know, creating a blend of bourbon and rye and, 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 and having some, uh, some insight on, on a, a different type of whiskey, and I, I just, uh, I love it. There's so many different ways to make whiskey. And, and I, I really feel like our whiskey community is very, um, you know, we, we embrace each other within this community. It's not, you know, standoffish like you might see in other industries where it's right. very like cutthroat. Um, we are, we're very much about, um, you know, like, oh, you need help with something? I'll help you with it. And then, you know, later on, we're like, oh, man, I, I, this thing happened and it's, someone's helping you with that. It, it's a, it's in a very inclusive community. And I, and I, that's something I'd absolutely love. Absolutely, yes, I agree a hundred percent. And my friend that I was saying about, he actually does a history series with his distilling. So he actually, you know, because what we are labeled at in our region here is the Black Forest of Southern Indiana, and right. and it's a whole weird family feud between the beams and <laughs> just like one beam like said get the fuck out of my state and fucking the other one he's like I'll never live near you again and fucking if I see you again I'll kill you type shit <laughs> it's like, yeah I mean I could see where that can happen with you know, with anything I, uh, oh yeah uh, you know, but yeah. but to to know the lore behind the recipes that you're you're making, you know, if it's not a if it's not something of your own where you're trying it yourself, if you're you know you're seeing you know a a recipe from this one member of the Beam family who who tried something and it's like whatever happened to that, I I, I dig that stuff, and yeah, the community I mean, the community that you all have as distillers is is that you know you share a lot of these tidbits with each other and and it's so cool because it's almost as if you know you're it's almost like you have your own language sometimes oh we do i mean there isn't their own our own language i mean you you start talking in wine gallons and proof gallons we know you know what we're talking about you know what the difference is and uh you know pgs and wgs and and you know like it's there's there's a there's a language of that and then there's just the language of understanding and traversing your own palate and understanding how, what it takes to, to make something on a small scale, you know, you can, you can blend up anything, but making it on a small scale and then scaling it up into a large scale to, to, you know, be able to release in more than one state and then, and then all 50 States and then Canada and then Australia, and then the UK and, you know, and then, and then to understand how to deal with volumes Mm-hmm. Uh, is a whole nother mind, but, you know, like I, I remember I used to get mad at my dad when I was a kid because, uh, you know, I, I hated math, you know, fucking hated it. And, and he was like, you, he goes, I use math every day in my, in my, in my job. I was like, no way. There's no way you use math every day. You just, you're just, you're trying to trick me into like liking math. And he's like, no, I have to use math every single day. I have to use math. He was a plumber, a uh, master plumber. And, uh, and, uh, and then sure enough, I was like, man, the guy's right. I have to, you know, like I use math all the damn time with, you know, calculations and volumes. And then, then you have to add the elements of proof within a volume and understand what that means. You know, it, it's exponentially. So I, 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 
I, I humbly, you know, concede that my dad was correct. That yes, <laughs> math is key in, in what we do in daily life. Absolutely, because if you don't do it right, there there's the there could be an, a massive issue. So when it comes to the the export, say you do a blend, and this is just me like riffing here. When you do a blend and you have to export it, say to Canada, or is there ever the possibility like, well, just because it might be legal here at a certain amount might not be legal somewhere else at a certain proof. No, it's the, yeah, that's exactly right. Like if we're going to ship to the UK, it's got to be in 700 milliliter bottles instead of 750 milliliter bottles. <laughs> so, you know, so we've got to make, we have to make new glass molds and which is expensive, you know, you've got to, and then you've got to get you got to run through the hoops of of importing and import licensing and, and taxation and and how much how expensive it is to get to send somewhere, you know. And then you know going to Canada, you've got to it's got to be you know it's got to fit their criteria and it's got to be understood, um, you know that that we're following their criteria um, for import right. and. Uh, and and they're you know what they everybody's got something different even in the U.S. it's like that it's what we call control states right some states are you know they're run by the state you know the ABC stores which means we're selling to the state and the state is regulating how the how distribution and everything and how it gets sold and how it gets distributed so you know we're we're there's it's it's like dealing with a, a lot of chefs in in a, in a in a room for sure for sure uh, gotta love the Ice Man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Gotta love the Iceman. Kentucky is an ABC state, um, which yep. is beyond me. But uh, but my partner in crime over here at the Metal Forge, uh, who couldn't be here today, Jason, he, uh, he's in North Carolina, and and they are too. You know, so. Oh, I know. The the very last event I did before COVID shut down everything was in South Carolina uh, with uh, Kirk. Kirk Hammett and uh, and and Rob Trujillo. They yeah, the wedding band. Signing, <laughs> and and they had the wedding band. Yeah, they were playing the wedding band. Uh, but yeah, I actually know somebody who went to that wedding band show. And if uh, I'm not yeah, mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, did you have the truck there? Yeah, I was I was driving the truck around town, and I was just randomly picking people up. And I, I pull up to a corner, and I'm like, "Hey, jump in! We'll, we'll spin around the block. Where are you going?" And they're like, "Oh, we're going up here and over here." And I'm like, "I'll drop you off." I I was just out tooling around because that truck is a hell of a lot of fun. We call it the War Wagon. Yeah, uh, it's the black and whiskey truck with the barrels on the back, you know, matte black. Um, I picked up, you know, the the you know those guys. We call them the Vikings, but the, they're um, these these guys that come in from Norway. Uh, they're at every Metallica show, and they're you know huge guys. And I saw them walking down the street, and I was like, "Get in!" And so I, <laughs> I, it's, it was a lot of fun just, just tooling around doing that. Oh, for sure. And I actually have a video of you doing that uh, with the <laughs> chapter leader of Injustice for Indiana, Jason Kroll. He sent it to me, and I was like, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> and so, so did, I, did I pick him up, or he just got the video of me doing it? No, you picked him up. He sent me the oh, video oh. of him uh, <laughs> getting in the truck and, and the truck taking off and with him in it. So. Oh, man, that's awesome. I. You know, I love doing that stuff. I, I've got a, um, I've got a motorcycle. Uh, it's a Russian motorcycle with a sidecar called a Ural, mm-hmm. and it, you know, it looks vintage. It looks old, and I and I, I pull up to a spot, stoplight, and people are like, "Wow, that's the coolest thing ever! I've never seen one of those." Like, get inside. We'll, we'll we'll do a spin around the block, you know. And I've got an Aruga horn on that thing, and just like, Dude. you know, just like spin around the block, drop them back off, and 
keep on going. I, I love shit like that. Dude, that's amazing. And let me just like, you know, I want to just give you the metal horns right now because that's yeah. fucking amazing <laughs> because in this day and age, there are so many like fucked up people and fucked up things out there that yeah. and you know, just to totally be fucking awesome and just say hey yeah this is a fucking cool truck you want to ride man we'll fucking go around the block eh, or the sidecar thing you know being a down to earth fucking dude like that that's fucking rad as shit man well I think it's fun if you can bring a smile to people's face you know like and make their day with it when they weren't expecting it that's I mean I love that stuff I mean I, I've I've gotten to jump on adventures before because of people's kindness and 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 being in the moment you know, I like being in the moment. I like I like just embrace the moment. If I got a couple extra minutes or I'm not doing anything, yeah, jump in. Let's go. Let's go spin around. Let's go. Let's go play some tunes. You know, we're gonna. Uh, I, I think it's it's part of that's part of life. You know, you gotta you gotta embrace it. Oh, for sure. You know, and that's one of the things I've come to realize here in the last few months. I, I've I've been talking about this for the like the last few months here on the show is like. I've kind of had this change of life feeling. Uh, and I think we all go through stuff like that at different points and, and maybe even several times through our lives. And just like being just done with the bullshit and just living life for life. That's really what yeah. it is. Leave it better than how you found it. Without a doubt, man. Without a doubt. I think that's why that's why I love mosh pits so much because there's, a, there's that community, that camaraderie in there of – yeah, let's 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 burn up some energy. Let's get the angst out. Let's take let's take care of each other. You know, you fall. There's there's seven people to pick you up, and and that sh- that should be the the mantra in life. If you know if you fall, there should be seven people there to pick you up. There should be absolutely ten people there to pick you up because you're gonna do it for the next guy when they fall. You pick them up. You know, it's that's that's why I like a mosh pit. I feel like it's an analogy of life. Oh, absolutely, and le- and the. <sighs> I just saw a video of a hardcore show mosh pit and when do they were throwing like step ladders around at each other and I'm like no that's not how it's supposed to be yeah we're trying we're trying to survive this life man (laughs) yeah to be 20 again right Yeah, rubbery and bouncing off the floor oh man there's there's a guy here in Louisville and he's you know he's probably late 20s early 30s and he's just a dream at the at the shows because he has this innate ability to become like Gumby in the pit. He doesn't hurt anybody. He just go. He just when you're at the at the side of the pit, he just like slot like he like cradles back into you, and it's like, oh wow, man, that's cool. Thanks. <laughs> Instead of getting an elbow to the face when you don't really want that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I always deal with those assholes. Well, you know, the funny thing is, and, like, the the last time I was actually actively in the pit was at that show that I met you at. And oh, yeah. it was the craziest thing because, like, I've... The closest I'd ever been to see Metallica on at, the, at any show was that one. Because when I saw them the first time, I was, you know, I was probably in like row M or some shit, right? But that one, I was like, all right, I'm going to get as fucking close to the rail as I can. And then I realized, holy shit, that was a mistake. Because it was the fourth day and people were sleeping down there and, and 
know know what else was going on because it's a festival show and it's four days. <laughs> it gets a little rank even on a two day festival. Um, but like, I got about 20 feet from the stage and had to, it was so hot and so compressed. Yeah, it was, man. That was a hot summer. I remember it was, it was insane. Cause it was hot that whole damn day. And I was like, I've got to get the fuck out of here. And the, for the first time in my life, I actually crowd surfed at that show. Cause oh, I yeah. had to get out. Cause you couldn't go back. You, the only way to go out was up. Yeah, up and then over, and they drop you into that that trough, and then they, then you can they can then you can walk out. Yes, or 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 you just get sent back as far as you can, and yeah, you know, and then try to get out again. Well, no, they took me, and I was up and then over, and as soon as I hit the ground, it was the coldest air I had ever felt, and it was the freshest air I had ever smelt in my life. <laughs> it was right. just like, wow, man, and. And then I and as I opened my eyes because I'm just like holy shit what the fuck's going on and and as I hit the ground I breathe in I open my eyes and, and Rob is standing directly above me and just goes <laughs> just like this bi- these big eyes because I'm a big dude yeah. you know and yeah. he's just like holy shit man <laughs> and that was my uh, that was my moment. tactics. Yeah, that was my moment. And then, of course, the goon squad is like, you got to get out of here. It's like, yeah, let me yeah. catch my breath, dude. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. And then, I, and, and, the, and then I got COVID, but I don't know if it was from that experience or John Karabi the next weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, because he was, was the only person that hung out at my booth at the at that weekend at any for any long period of time. <laughs> right. Yeah, you never know. You um, never know. So you've already got twenty twenty four planned out. Um, do you, is that going to be the the next release? That'll be the next Masters of Whiskey release. Okay. So I've got I've got some other stuff I'm working on as well. Awesome. Uh, So so you've got some more uh, Metallica-inspired, like, you know, because, like, Ride the Lightning. So are we going to have, like, another couple of of brands coming on? Well, just different types of whiskey, uh, different, you know, expressions under the blackened uh, umbrella. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, and justice for something. (laughs) (laughs) It would be fun. It would be fun. I'm trying not to get too, like, tongue-in-cheek with some of these things, you know, like, but ride, ride the lightning, lightning works. We had we had to like you know it's just like there's no other brand on the planet who could take a rye whiskey and call it rye the lightning. You know we we had to we had to do that. We had for to, sure. Had to kind of, and as as you can tell in the background, I have right, it right yeah. here. You know the yeah, ride the lightning, yeah. and you know for me being a fan, this just like the ride the lightning clicked on so many levels. And, the, oh, and, yeah. and not only just because of the the play on the name, but there's the very popular pressing or the mispressing of Ride the Lightning in France yeah. with the yes. green label. So it, it ties in there because pretty much all, uh, pretty much all, oh, wow, yeah. This isn't this isn't the, the, the pressing. It does say "Ride the Lightning." Yeah, we we did had we did make a cassette tape 
in honor of those misprinted uh, cassettes that were that were in France. No, nice. that were green instead of blue. Yes, and I actually have a press of the vinyl. Oh, you do? Nice. Yeah, nice. Uh, it was. Uh, it was hard to come by, but I find I did get one. So. I'm 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 stoked for that, but anyways, yeah, I'm stoked for everything that's coming out, man. Uh, I, I'm excited for it. Um, you know, you you all do amazing work, and it's a product that I think anybody can enjoy. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. That's very kind. Thank you. So I'm gonna go ahead and switch over here to what I'm now calling derailed. It's five random questions. Anything goes about Rob as a person. Okay. All right. What do you love to do for other people? Oh man, the uh, you know it's kind of, I feel like we almost kind of talked about some of it. I love I love you know I love enjoying whiskey with people. That's that's I think that's a low hanging fruit and obvious. Um, I like making people laugh. I like making them laugh. I like telling stories. I like I, I really feel like like um, I feel like whiskey is the the original social media and 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 and. And enjoying time with good friends and, and, and making people laugh is probably, uh, you know, I think that's bringing people a smile to people's face. And, you know, like picking people up in the truck and, and, right. and that sort of thing. So, yeah, definitely. And I agree with that, you know, is doing the thing and the stuff. Yeah. Uh, what have you recently read that has inspired you? Oh, man, I. uh you know, it's funny. I'm reading this book called, I just finished it called Piranesi. It was a little intense to get through because I was, I, I don't know. I, I had to kind of dig around with it. Wasn't be, it would have been a book I would have picked up normally, but I had some other friends who read it and it said it was really interesting. It was unusual. Kind of, if you've ever read a book called the house of leaves, uh, it's kind of a, like the house itself is a character. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little, you know, kind of a, a little bit of a mystery. Um, I, you know, I was, I was kind of, in, I wouldn't say I was inspired by it, but it was interesting to read. Um, I am, I am writing a book right now, uh, which has been interesting. Fun. Um, I, uh, you know, and I, I guess I assumed when you said that you meant, you meant a book, or I guess I could have been anything. I could have read something online too. I never really thought about it that way. Well, see, I'm, that I'm was the, like that. when I looked at, so I pull these questions from decks of cards randomly and that's actually what it said was online but i like to think of it as you know disassociate from everything having to be online what just what have you read you know Uh, you know because well first of all you're a pretty voracious reader am i we talked about that before Uh, i believe yeah i grew up without tv so i read all the time i'd have like three or four books going at a time and you know now it's i don't have that much time to, to, to spend, but I always have, I got a book that I bring with me when I'm on the road. I got a book at, you know, next to the bed. Um, and I, I just, I like a book. I like, I'm, I'm not a Kindle person. I'm not someone, you know, like I like having a book in my hand. I like having a, a, a library, you know, downstairs, uh, you know, in my, in my basement, I've got a little library set up down there and it's, I just, there's something that brings me comfort about a good book. And Absolutely. So that's why I was, um, cool. Definitely. And, you know, that was going to be one of the other, like, little tangent questions with this was uh, if you did, like, the actual, you know, paper and, you know, the actual book. Because with tablets and Kindles and and, and Audible has went crazy. Everything's on an audio book now on Audible. It is. 
Yeah, and, and that's. But I'm I I I'm a big fan of. Uh, uh, I'm a big fan of just reading the book, and that's what you know. When I'm I've been writing this whiskey book, but it's kind of an unusual one. It's kind of it's got some uh, some anecdotes in there, you know, from from life and living and the paths that I've that I've chosen, and and uh, and I'm making it you know making it a fun book. But I I visualize it in my head as a book, you know, right. and I then I think that's you know that's just the way. I'm writing it. Definitely. And Jason, my, uh, as we talked before, uh, he always tells me about the book thing about, he's like, dude, you should make a metal forge cookbook. <laughs> yeah, Cause we yeah. talk about like, Hey man, I made gourmet beanie weenies. Well, what did you use? Szechuan sauce, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, just right. something crazy yeah, with what you got. Yeah. yeah you, you, got. You, you know, poor man's comfort food type stuff. <laughs> yeah. What do you think is the biggest violation of privacy today? Oh man, I, I I'll be honest. I would be I would be just fine if the internet didn't exist. I, I mean, I, I know that sounds <laughs> I know that sounds crazy. We're sitting here on the internet, right? On a podcast, we wouldn't be able to have this conversation like this. But I I was just fine without it. Right. And I and I know that sounds crazy because I know it has a lot of convenience. But cell phones. Um, you know, I, I was just talking about this with my buddy the other night. We went out and had a drink and uh, and I know him from my, my, my music biz days and, and you know punk rock days. And you know, we were we were talking about how, you know, if you called somebody, you made some plans, uh, and you or you left a message on their answer machine, that's you you made a plan to be at a place at a certain time and that's it. If they didn't show up, well, you know, fuck them. They didn't they didn't make it. <laughs> like you you're gonna go to the you're gonna go to the show without them. Yeah, because uh, you can't hold up the whole thing. You know, you have seven people, to, you know, five people that are waiting to to go somewhere because someone's late. So you know, you 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 would. It was a different world, and I, I guess so. Going back to that, as far as you know, I as much as I love and utilize the internet, I, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if it did go away. Right. That's, Absolutely. Like that's the biggest invasion. I agree with you, and then and this is not even and and like you said, it's not even from a surveillance aspect of things. It's just that now, as you said, you were you were waiting there for somebody to show up. You tried calling them from the payphone, and you're like, yeah. "Fuck trip, where are you, man?" And it's like, and you're leaving those messages on their on their uh, answering machine, or yep. or if they didn't have one, it just rang into oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. And you know, cell phones, I can track everything. And, and again, I live, my cell phone has become a, a, one of my greatest tools because I, tra I travel so much, but it's because that's the way the world is working now. But I, I loved it when, you know, I could just be out somewhere and, and nobody could just call me and like, how come you didn't pick up? You're like, I know you have your phone on. You're like, well, you, you got to be able to not pick up sometimes, you know, like yeah. that's, you got to be able to shut your life. You know, you can't just be at, at accessible to everyone all the time. Absolutely. And yeah, I just don't, there's times when, you know, you just don't want to pick up and now, and now more than ever, I think, because everybody seems tired and everybody, everybody's just got, everybody seems like they're under a lot of stress too, you know? And yep. because I think it's the times. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, definitely ditching the phone for a, a, tr a quick trip to the store is you should try it sometime, everybody. <laughs> it, it's awesome, man. I go, I you know, I live here in Colorado, and and, and there's, uh, I got a, a piece of property I go to that doesn't have cell service on it. And when I go up there, I'm like, I'm, I'm you know, it makes you twitchy because you're like, okay, I don't, I don't have access to cell service, but it, it's like a 
piece that I love. I just, I, I enjoy it. Right. Oh no, I totally agree. There's, there's things that I do. Uh, some of the, uh, forest parks up, up this way. I like to hang out in and none of them have, well, some of them do, but a lot of them don't have good cell service at all. So just put it in the glove box, just hang out, sit at the lake or something, man. That's yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, do you believe that earthlings will ever travel to other solar systems? Oh yeah, man. I'm sure we've already have. I, I'm, I'm positive that we, we have it in some ancient time. I feel like, uh, I, I feel like we've lost, I feel like we're a civilization with amnesia, you know, like and I've, I've heard that term before, but I, I am, I'm repeating it here because I feel like, um, you know, the, the things that, that have been described to us, like, you know, the pyramids and, and these these ancient stone sculptures that are like okay well explain to me with modern tools that we are if we're the most advanced civilization why do these exist explain to me how that got built they're like well we can't you're like well then then we're not the most modern civilization to date you know like we we might be the most modern civilization now within the um the known time that we know in the known time that we know that we've been we've been recording things uh, and when I mean recording, writing things down and, and, and passing verbal history down, but there's no doubt that we've, uh, there's no doubt that we've been out there or maybe, you know, hell, maybe we're from somewhere else and we, you know, we landed here. Right. Who knows? Absolutely. And it, there's some, some real interesting theories out there for that stuff as well. You know, the, the architecture around the world now that where they're finding temples that resemble other temples and or pyramids that resemble other things and buildings that resemble other buildings and other yeah all over the world whether it be in egypt or thailand or or mexico or ohio, or, or <laughs> ohio yeah <laughs> there's some de- people in ohio are definitely some from fucking outer space no i'm kidding <laughs> That's only no, because I'm. Got, I, they're my next door neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got. I got to say, man, that's, I, I'm always intrigued by that stuff. I, I, I like to keep an open mind. You know, I'm. I'm not. You know, necessarily like doing conspiracy theory type of thing. But I just. I'm. I'm just looking at it critically. I'm looking at it with with an open mind. I don't have to be. I don't have to accept everything that I've been told is the truth. You know, like I. I look at it. And I just like. I just don't see it. It's like right. You know. You know. Well, some, somewhere along the way, we had technology that that came from somewhere else or, or we just said it had an advanced technology that we just don't have now. Definitely. And I think what that comes down to as well is think of people like in, in modern generation, like George Lucas and Gene Roddenberry and people like that. But then think of people, you know, a hundred years before them, like Jules Verne that right. uh, Or even as far back as Da Vinci with, you know, his flying machines and things like that, you know, and just being able to, to just say, holy hell, you know, that like, how do we not know that, that there was something there, you know? Yeah. If we can dream it, man, we can, we can eventually make it. I mean, Jules Verne wrote about the first submarine, you know, years before we ever made one. And, you know, same with, you know, Da Vinci, you know, drawn of the the, the flying machines and the, like the byway planes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's definitely interesting stuff. And then you, and then you wonder about like the, the tales of old, like Icarus, you know, like did Icarus actually see a plane and want to emulate a plane? Right. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah instead why, of a bird. 
Yep. For yeah. sure. Dude, Rob, I have one more question. It's been awesome catching up with you. But yeah, as always, thank you. As always, links are listed below. So please give a like, a share, and a follow. Go follow Blackened anywhere you go. Go buy Blackened at any bar you go to because I'm sure it's around where you are. Because, hey, if I can get it in little ass New Albany, Indiana, you can get it pretty much where you are too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. and, and it's awesome. And I believe in the product. And it's. Thanks, man. It's I appreciate a, that. No problem. Uh, do you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody today? No, man. This is this is to the community. This is to the metal community, uh, to the music community. Every time I, I'm out there at these shows, I, I, I see my, my, you know, it's La Familia. You know, I love it. I, and I, I just, you know, good shout out to everybody out there. Um, I hope to run into you on the road somewhere. Uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to see some good metal bands this weekend, and uh, you know, maybe we can share a dram together. Hell yeah, absolutely! I appreciate that, and yes, definitely shout out to the metal community. And I know at Power Trip you're going to have a blast. I mean, hopefully, because isn't that where Coachella is too? Yeah, that's what I heard. That's where Coachella is. I, I, I'm flying into uh, Palm Springs tomorrow, and. You know, like Colorado today, this morning, it was like cold and crisp out. I got, you know, I had my flannel shirt on. And then I'm like, oh, what's the weather in, in Palm Springs? 105. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm <laughs> better back for shorts. Better yeah, I'm looking for it. Uh, that's the thing. Uh, are you a shorts person? No. No. That, no. Uh, it reminds me of a thing in The Sopranos. A Don doesn't wear shorts, right? Yeah, I, you know it's funny. I just I just don't wear them. I maybe it's from my military days. You know, like you just I, I was in Africa in the military. Like you're wearing everything's long sleeve, long pants. You know, like I just I just wear pants. That's right. Just, but me. you're an outdoors person too, and you know, and I think that lends to a lot of that as well. To you know, to be protected from the elements and and stuff like that as well. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, I'm 60% Scottish, Irish, and, and German. You know, like, I'm, I'm I'm not designed for the baking sun. So, I'm, yeah. like, uh, I've, I've got all the drinking jeans, and, and, and I've got all the, you know, the, the white, pale skin. You know, <laughs> so i gotta, I got to protect all of it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, if, if it wasn't for the freckles, you know, I'd, I, I'm lucky enough that I don't burn like that. So, <laughs> for being yeah. Irish. Uh, but the last question of the day is what was your best or smartest rather investment? Oh man. Uh, I'd say into myself. And I, and I say that with, in a, in a, you know, with the, with the most humbleness I can, I guess, like investing in myself, which means I, I always took a path to seek out the things that interested me. I never, I never, I never, um, I never sought out money. I didn't grow up with money. You know, we, we didn't have much money when I growing up and I, and money was never a thing that I was, that I was seeking after. I was seeking after the adventure of life. And, and I, to me, I feel like that was the investment is in myself is, is go out and, and, and live the story that you've always wanted to do and always wanted to be. And that's the best investment I, I could possibly have. Dude, that is fucking amazing. And I'm going to, Yes, dude, absolutely. Invest in yourself because nobody else is, I mean, really in the grand scheme of things, nobody else is going to. I mean, you have to because if it is, you know, you want to do something, fucking do it. Yeah, exactly. And that to me 
is uh, that's the that's the greatest you know thing that brings me the most pleasure. Like the the, the mountain of stories that are in my wake of 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 seeking those adventures. I uh, it has made me a very happy person. Right, and you know I just recently also had come up to this thing of like this mantra of life is. Uh, no time like the present. Yes. You want to yeah, yeah. do it? Exactly. No time like the present, man. If I can, yeah. Don't talk about it. Be about it. <laughs> yep. Without a doubt, man. Hell yeah. Rob, thank you so much. One more for the road here. Another Mark, it's been a pleasure, brother. Absolutely. I appreciate you. Uh, we will uh, meet down the road again, I'm sure. Yes, we will. Indeed. Mm. And we'll share a dram together. Absolutely. Ah, that that takes (laughs) it back. You know, that's great. I love it. (laughs) Rob, thank you so much. Metal every day. Uh, On our way out, I'm going to play a Metallica song today. I don't usually do this, but what song do you want me to play? Oh, let's fucking play Whiplash. Let's go out with a bang. Dude, it's my favorite. It is my favorite yeah. Metallica song. So yeah, Whiplash. as the adrenaline starts to flow, here it is. Whiplash. <laughs> yeah. nice. Dude. Jason, you're too fucking metal, man. Too metal for your own good. So you guys want some more, don't you? We're just getting warmed up now, man. How about some more old shit from Kill 'Em All, huh? You don't mind if we speed it up some, huh? <laughs> so, we need to see some action out there if you fucking don't know by now. Makes us feel real fucking good. So, uh, get your dancing shoes on. You know the words, follow me, motherfucker. Adrenaline's up Flashing all around. Acting like a maniac. Yeah, you guessed it, it's Whiplash! One, two, four, three!
from Metallica. Thank you. In 2017, one man's vision and passion for all things metal started out as a record store in his house. Years later, the fight against a mainstream empire continues as Shade Beast. An independent metal collective and online store based in Athens, Georgia, is the world's premier heavy metal brand for music heads that value authenticity over the mainstream acceptance. Featuring original t-shirts from some of the best underground artists, as well as stickers, posters from the Shade Beast Presents concert series. Unique, one-of-a-kind collectibles and small curated selection of vinyl and cassettes from the masters old and new. Visit ShadeBeast.com and enter promo code SITHLORD for free domestic shipping on your first order, whether you're a new customer or returning. And be sure to join the Shade Beast social groups on Facebook and the interwebs to keep up with the new release announcements and talk all things metal and Star Wars. You'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and filth. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day, all with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine! An independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now.
Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com. What's up, Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history, and speculation related to all things not of this world. Available now on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Set back, relax, and remember, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE10 to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana is the premier 12,500 square foot music superstore that has served both Southern Indiana and Louisville, Kentucky metro area for over four decades. Originally founded by Marvin and Beverly Maxwell in the 70s, this gym remains a Maxwell family-owned business. Mark Maxwell, along with his business partner, Whitney McNichol, continued the reputation as being the national resource for all things music. In 2022, the iconic Guitar Emporium of Louisville relocated to Maxwell's Music, 
creating the largest independently owned showroom in the region. The retail offerings at Maxwell's Music includes a huge selection of guitars, basses, amplifiers, effects pedals, modeling amps, keyboards, drums, banjos, mandolins, ukuleles, sound systems, stage lighting equipment, and accessories. The music education program at Maxwell's is second to none. From private instrument and voice lessons to DJ, EDM, recording, songwriting, and music theory, to rock school, weekend warriors, and Maxwell's Music Lab, there is something for every age and every ability level. Down in repair land, guitar and instrument repairs and refurbishment are taken care of by the Maxwell's team of expert guitar technicians and luthiers. They also do appraisals of instruments as well. Maxwell's offers installations for professional audio, visual, and lighting systems for schools, churches, clubs, VFWs, funeral homes, sports fields, and so much more. There's also rentable space at Maxwell's, from the music practice and rehearsal rooms for the individuals and bands, all the way to a meeting space and concert venue that seats up to 120. That also includes a professional audio, visual, and lighting system and a sound booth. Maxwell's has it all. All this plus original functioning 1947 recording booth to make your own record. Go to the Guitar Hero Throne, to the very own Elvis statue, and don't forget the Harmony Green Pocket Park. There's a reason the Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana has been recognized by the National Association of Music Merchants as a number one award-winning best store design, as well as top 100 music store year after year. You gotta see it to believe it. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Yeah.